I'm Ron Algar-Watt, and this is More Bits. This is a talk I had with Vishal Bharadwaj, who has done an incredible amount of absolutely gorgeous work for all three of my podcasts, including the logo for this one. Most of this work he's done for absolutely nothing at all, and on the rare occasions that he's let me pay him, I've given him only a tiny fraction of what I think he deserves. Michelle has some pretty great insights on the creative process, and this was actually the second time I'd had a chance to sit down and talk with him about it at length. Our first recording, which he will occasionally reference here, was unfortunately lost due to the fact that I had my microphone switched to the off position, like the podcasting professional that I am. So we, we wanted to talk about creativity. We had done this last time when we had to abort it because of my yes, idiocy I... that I couldn't uh, <laughs> I couldn't uh, realize that my microphone had a, had an off switch on it and it was switched to off so oh my, okay. my apologies there. because I I it's it's fine I still have that recording my side is perfectly fine I can sort of hear you in the background like a tiny inner voice in my <laughs> head like the little devil on your shoulder yes delightful and on the other side Matt is there and he's like also saying do it so it doesn't really work. Right. You know, both of you guys are egging me on. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Now you need to figure out how to draw that only with a bunch of scales. <laughs> oh, I'll find a way. <laughs> you always do. I do. Um, but I, I am curious. I don't know if you remember specifically what we discussed last time, or if if you've changed in the yeah. year since we've talked. Like, um, if your perspectives have changed, or. Well, let's see. In the past, this is. I think we recorded it in March of 2012 or 2000. I think it would be 2013. Yeah, so it would have been about a year and a half yeah. ago. Yeah, because I I remember I was listening to it uh, just uh, an hour ago and uh, at least my side of it and I m- mentioned nearly turning 30 so mm-hmm. now I'm older and more cynical <laughs> and um, uh, more projects have fallen through with clients, so therefore I'm a much more bitter old man. And uh, it's it's know. still funny to me to hear people like say, "Oh, I'm 30, I'm old, I'm going to be 40 in a month." You ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but 40 is the new 60. I've heard that. Or is that the new? <laughs> so I have that to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I mean, I I think you know we we lost a great uh, a, a, a great record for humanity i had some really good insights there there was this thing about you know creativity being like a lock in a canal and you have to leave the river behind you and all it was fantastic shit okay so if it's that great why don't you say it again (laughs) creativity is like a lock in a canal and you're a boat and you know you go into the lock and they change the water level and you have to forget the river that's behind you well you don't cross the same river twice right Yes, and then, and then when there was only one set of rivers, that's when Jesus was peeing on you. <laughs> that's when Jesus so was, was carrying the fox and the grain across. <laughs> why? Why are you going to hell? You you you're surrounded by Muslims right now, and you'll go back home and be surrounded by Hindus. Like what? How does Jesus? Yeah, how did see, Jesus jokes like? Yeah, but like, is it hell? That I I don't like to get into this because I'm not very religious myself. But is it hell like? You know the latest version of things because Hindus don't really have a hell classically. But I love I love old religions that don't like just don't believe in hell. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, takes so much pressure but, I mean, off. We, I mean, we got a hell. You know, once once Buddhism sort of started having its way and we integrated a lot of that, we got hell. We got a bunch from, of hell from Buddhism. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of modern Hinduism sort of comes from Buddhism. No, that I understand. But I, I've, I mean, I'm not very versed in it at all. But I've read a couple of mm. books, and I know in sort of the original teaching, there's yeah. really not a lot about. There's not a no, lot about reincarnation yeah, or nirvana or any of that. It's all about you know yeah. now. Hmm. So yeah, no, a lot of uh, it's it's like you know it's like food. You think of Indian food as oh, uh, chili is everywhere, but chilies didn't come in until five hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. They're American. Well, you think about uh, you you think about Irish food having potatoes. Potatoes came from North America. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I made this point the other day. With uh, there was a news article about the Tolkien estate. Uh, telling the people who made the new Lord of the Rings game to take out all the pumpkins because, you know, those are uh, American-derived. And I'm thinking, wait, potatoes are in the books. <laughs> and don't they smoke tobacco also? Yeah, they they smoke tobacco too, yes. I mean, I don't know. I only made it into the first 10,000 pages of that book before I gave up. But, yeah, you know. I think I made it as far as the first break for uh, food. And then I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I've, re- I've read The Hobbit. But then, you know, there are like seven movies out of that. So clearly I didn't read enough of it. Yeah, them. obviously you only read the first, you know, <laughs> the first yeah, story. Yeah, like, wait, this was one book where how did they make so many movies? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think they just don't want to be done. I think they're yeah. just like really reluctant to stop. They, they He just wants to keep making those movies, you know. He doesn't want to. Yeah, I, I from a business standpoint, I understand it. Oh, it's no, like I, I don't. last film. I don't see it as a business thing. I see it as like a, yeah. a nostalgia, like. Like when you get to the end of if you're really enjoying school and you don't want school, mm. you don't want graduation to come, you know, something like that. No. Yeah. I had that. Yeah, I, mean, I had. I, I came into all the interesting things in high school my final year, like the first three years I did nothing. And then the last year, mm. suddenly I was on the paper and I was I was in uh, drama class and I got to make a film mm. and I was all excited. And then I had to graduate and it was like, uh, no, I can't do this stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a very interesting educational life so therefore i just i never want to go back to it mm-hmm. you know oh i don't want to go I back to people, it i just at the time yeah. i didn't want it to end but no i mean even like mentally there are people who just sort of live there because that was the time they felt you know i'm not saying you did but uh, you know especially now with with social media and all that you see people you grew up with and they are still sort of in school oh yeah no, I know people who are still very much in college, even though they're in mm. their 30s and they went to college in their early 20s yeah. that are just, they're always going back for homecoming and they're always part of the, the whatever. And it's just like, why don't you move on with your life? Yeah. I mean, I guess that uh, that speaks to a lot of uh, why I resonate more, you know, speaking about religion for a bit with the older end of Hinduism, because it does speak more to the now mm-hmm. than to either the past or the future so even if you ask me you know what age do you want to be i'm like now yeah no i I've, yeah. I've learned so many things that thinking about even me a year ago it's like oh god i don't want to hmm. be that guy that guy was an idiot yeah and that's that's kind of I, why i asked the question are do you like seriously do you think differently now than you did when we recorded that a year and a half ago like i have your have your fundamental philosophies changed my fundamental philosophies have not changed and they have not changed since I was pretty much forming my uh, character mm-hmm. or my my cognitive character when I was, let's say, about five or six. That's when you sort of start to come into your into the memories and the personality that you will keep with you for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's how it works for most people. I, I think, think so, yeah. 
you don't really remember you don't really you might have fragments of memories but not fragments of personality from before you were five or so no and most of the things that i think i remember are things that i have memories of remembering if that makes sense or yeah. that were told to yes, me and yes. now i think i remember it but i don't like my yeah. mom told me this story so many times that now i feel like i have a memory of it even though i don't yeah it's you recreate the memory in your head right it need not be your impression of it it might just be your impression of interpreting the story right which it's really tricky with memory because when yeah. you when you realize that some things you think you remember are actually sort of memories that you've put there yourself it's like well that's that's not very mm. reliable is it no it is not and then you start you know then then you get into that crazy talk of like well what, what, what if a lot of the things i remember aren't real it's it's best not to think. What if that. this is all a simulation? Oh God! Well, that story's never been uh, done before. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, it though, it's just all a dream. Yeah. <laughs> just, just the the general the creative aspect of things, the general approach. Like my hmm. my current creative philosophy really only formed in the last five or ten years. Like, like yeah, personality wise, hmm. I might have formed then, but just my approach to I... to to working is is you know. Yeah, I can. I can say that uh, in the last couple of years, I have taken on uh, a, 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 actually a bit of your philosophy in that, you know, you just do things now and just, uh, I plan less than I used to. Uh, we talked about this on the previous mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> recording, which obviously no one will hear, but, you know, basically we were uh, comparing and contrasting that I plan a lot, at least at the time I did, mm -hmm. you know, and I'd, I'd, put a lot of importance into that plan into you know like oh we need to have these notes and that thing and it's it's just a way of for me i realize now more just delaying things you know because you're like oh i can't do this until i have a plan i can't do this until i have those things and i can't do this until i have uh you know this in place and that See, and i this, think all my ducks in a row i think it's uh so to speak uh i i yes. think it's a valid like approach but i also think some yeah. people can rely too much on this isn't perfect i can't let anyone see it and then no one ever sees it i think there's de there yes. are def there's definitely merit to ways <laughs> there are definitely merit there's definitely merit to ways that aren't mine believe it or not now um just hmm. certain things like if i had planned certain things more they they would you know they might work better like yeah my way isn't perfect is what i'm saying yeah, and my way wasn't perfect either. And I think there is a you. I don't think it's like no one, no one can run a marathon at one pace the whole way through. Mm -hmm. So you should. I, what I have learned in the last couple of years is not to, is to trust the momentum you have and just keep adding to it rather than to try and build up to that momentum constantly as a sort of uh, sport. But I think if that makes any sense, I, it does. But I do think different temperaments are like different people have different temperaments and that doesn't work for everyone like for me it's all about yeah. momentum that's the that's what i say all the time if i'm if i'm already moving it's easy to keep moving but some people need yes. to stop and take breaks some people need to stop and plan things out i can't do that it, mm. it, i've realized this is a very recent realization for me that i don't like to relax when I'm relaxing, I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm not working and I feel like I'm forcing something that I don't enjoy. And I'm told this is something everyone does. You have to relax. Like, but I don't want to. Yeah, but you do realize and this is uh, that most people have jobs. 
and I know you have a job sure. as well, but you know. No, it's actually requiring quite a bit is, of me right now, believe it or not. But. Yeah, I, I'm sure it does. You know, I'm and I I wonder sometimes how you get anything done outside that job because if I was in a job and that was let's say taking any ounce of my creativity, that's all I would do. Ah, but see, that's the key. I don't have a creative job at all. It is very tedious. Ah, see, it's very like juggle numbers and and hmm. and. Like there's a lot of work yeah. involved. There's a lot of attention to detail, but there is no creativity whatsoever. Yeah, it, it's like I could probably be a good, you know, like line cook or something like that. I could just put in the hours, and that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But if the second you ask me to do anything creative, sorry, anything creative, do, my brain has to be engaged in some way. Do you feel? You know? Do you feel like this is so strange to say it this way? But do you feel like there's a finite amount? of creative productivity like if you're using it on your day job that you're not going to have as much to use on your own stuff hmm, that is a very good question and i not quite sure i go back and forth on this you know like it's a hard thing to quantify i, I don't even know what i'm talking about like a, a, a finite amount of what <laughs> yeah let me put it this way on days that i am not creative mm-hmm. i believe that there is a finite amount <laughs> On the days that I am creative, on the days that I am actually doing things that are just properly making things or drawing or writing or, you know, anything of that sort, I am not only completely assured that there is more where that came from and a near, like, infinite supply, Uh you know. I know that feeling well. I also, I don't bother about... The I don't have any sort of moral uh, judgment on uh, on the quality of that stuff. I just know that it will come, and you know that whatever will come will be fine, and you'll deal with it, and you'll create things out of it, and it, they don't need to be the most uh, you know original quote unquote things in the well, world or the most revolutionary things in the world. There are different there are different phases to yeah. the process. There's the brainstorming phase where you can't. You you don't want to say no to things. You want to just let the ideas flow. You want to just write them down and see where they go. But then when you get to the refining phase, you you do want to start carving it down into something more, you know, more original, more in your voice or whatever. Yes. And it does, you know, it comes the same analogy as exercise or running and all that. It is like a muscle. I think the more you work it, the more it will give you. Absolutely. And, and and I was okay. I was uh, thinking about this, um, you know. If you're following following me on Twitter, you must have seen me drawing this thing the the last day. Mm-hmm. Uh, this woman with in a you know a space helmet with a space pet. It's the usual kind of thing I do. <laughs> and the thing I realized is that while it's not the most, uh, you know, it's not the work I should be doing. As you know, there is work I actually owe you. There's work I owe other people, things that I should be doing for money and whatever. Mm-hmm. But just doing that sort of thing relaxes me in a way that not doing things and relaxing never give me. Okay, but again, do you feel like there's a finite... Like, do you feel like doing that takes away from the effort you could be using? Like, is there now less creative brain power to devote to the other things you should be doing? See, two years ago when we talked, I mean, nearly two years ago when we talked, I probably would have said yes. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think so. Some kind of switch has changed in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but I'm not as afraid anymore, which is good. Yes. It's also dangerous in some ways, but it's 
it, it's fine. You know, I'll see how it goes. Well, you you don't want to you don't want to get yourself in a position where you're committing to things you can't deliver on. That's where you yeah. when you become unafraid, like that's good in a way. But it, you know, it also yeah. you get in that state where everything's a great idea and the ideas are never going to stop. And yes, I can yeah. make a daily web comic and I can also record a mm. weekly podcast and I can also and then reality snaps back and you're like, I can't do all that stuff. Yeah. No, I I have gotten better at that. I know. Oh, and I wasn't specifically you know, calling you out there. I was saying yeah, in no, general, no, I, know I know that that mindset. I've been there myself many times. Yeah. No, I, I have gone through those things where I will be like, yes, I will do this. As you know, I have thought oh, I will do a daily webcomic and a weekly this and a weekly that. And uh, I know that I can I can be creative around it in some ways. <laughs> the thing that's always been good about me, the reason I'm a designer, the reason I think I'm a good designer is that I can look at the process and sort of finesse and be creative about the process as much as the actual work. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I tell you, okay, I can have a cover for you on this day, you know, it sort of slots into how I work as well, easier than if I was just, you know, saying, okay, I can draw this at some point, anytime I want, you know, I'll know that, okay, there is going to be a creative ebb and flow here. This is a weekend. This is when I'll generally be meeting my friends. So I won't be feeling good that day, you know, after it in terms of just being able to draw oh yeah and those things that awareness of your process definitely comes with age like after you do this for a while you realize i keep committing to things i don't finish why is that oh it's because i can't do good work on weekends or whatever yeah which you know you think you're invincible especially i always think i'm invincible and you think you don't have a routine or you don't have a habit because you're not in a regular job but you do you have these you know ups and downs you have other people have routines, so you have to sort of fit into those. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't meet most of my friends on weekdays because they're at work. Right. No, and and so I've learned. I do end up meeting them. I've learned that there are times when those ideas really flow, and there are times when hmm. I don't really feel like doing like lots of creative work. And so I've sort of deliberately yeah. constructed processes. Like, if I don't feel like creating something, there's always organizational, like superficial, yes. like. Uh, editing doesn't really take any creative Mm. work like editing this whereas editing a sketch might because i need sound effects and i need that kind of thing but do you mean you're not going to have sound effects in this Uh, i mean i might put one or two in but yeah i mean i can always be going rene obershonwa in the background (laughs) like to a to a a a dubstep beat (laughs) we should do that (laughs) i may do that i've never done i've never uh made a dubstep before so uh is that how you say it made a dubstep you made a dubstep. Yes. yes, I think that is how the young people say it. I don't know. I'm with their fade haircuts. Quite old. I wouldn't know. But no, I know like I'm going to have ups and downs and so there are there are definitely like and I imagine it's mm. more like this for artists because you have the idea phase, but then you have the tedious sitting down and putting pen to paper or stylus to, to tablet or whatever. Yeah. And that part it's... involves some creativity, but it also involves a lot more craft, I think, no? Yes, it uh, as an as an artist, I would say it requires a lot of. Um, it's a high wire act in some points because it there is a certain point where you're where you're literally about for me about twenty minutes of just plain pure panic where nothing is going right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's going to be the best thing in the world. You're looking at that page and you're putting down a line. And you're like, I I have. No I idea don't think that's going. unique to artists. I think that happens to all creative people across the yeah. spectrum. 
and learning to trust that 20 minutes and almost embrace that has changed over the past couple of years mm-hmm. i can't say i've gotten better technically at drawing but i've gotten better at managing to get to a drawing mm-hmm. you know it's the same thing i was saying where i'm good at designing around the process right. rather than you know i'm not a better artist i'm just better at being an artist I understand what you mean. I don't think I see enough of your work. Like, you do a lot of stuff for me, and I do pay attention to the other things you do, but I don't think I see enough of your stuff to really judge an overall improvement. Like, I thought you were outstanding when we met, and I still think you're outstanding, but I don't, like, I, I couldn't say if there's been an improvement or not. There must be. If you're still Thank working, you. you're operating the muscle, yeah. there must be an improvement. There, Yeah, there is. I've I've made, like, a couple of years ago when we talked, I have made, I'd just come off what I can now quantify as a huge leap in my art skills. Mm-hmm. We had, uh, my brother and I, we had started this, just this, uh, we had this domain sitting around. We are like, okay, what do we do with it? We'll just, you know, we'll put a hundred topics together and we'll just draw things on those, mm-hmm. you know. And we did that, I think, between like October of 2011 or something, or you know. Um, I ended up doing about 50 to 60 drawings. Nice. Just like based on topic, um, yeah, over a three or four month period, it was not even like it was intensively, you know, one a day or something. Mm-hmm. But in that, I started learning just to draw better to a point where at the end of it, I could just say, okay, I can literally now draw anything if I wanted to. I had that confidence. I had built up, you know, um a shorthand of things where, you know, my anatomy didn't look that terrible. It's not (laughs) great, but it's not terrible anymore. So that was like a major leap. And then I've sort of been coasting on that skill level for the last year or two. (laughs) And now now we're like, um, I need to, you know, do that again. I need to... Well, I think uh, I think you and I are a similar uh, personality type in that we need to continue to challenge ourselves. Like you're you're like me in that yes. regard, and that's why like my my podcast, Sarcastic Voyage, has evolved over the years because I keep thinking of ways that I can make it different and challenge myself, yes. and whatever. Whereas I quite enjoy what we do on Post Atomic Horror, but we're doing the same thing every week. I don't yes. I don't feel like it's bad, but I feel like it's been of the same quality for a long time because mm. there's really no way to change it up and make it different yeah. it's just the same thing where so and yeah if you're drawing just drawing pictures all the time that's not enough you want to you want to take it to the next level you want to maybe do sequential yeah. art with comics or you know something like that yes and and since you bring up comics you know since we talked for last time i have actually released and now have a web comic mm-hmm. you know it's not the web comic i wanted but it's the web comic i deserve <laughs> And I, unfortunately, and, because you don't promote it every single day, I often forget yeah. about it and then I'll go like, you know, like binge read, yes. but but you have been keeping up on it, so. I have been, except for I think this past Tuesday, it's sort of, I needed to put something up this past Tuesday, which I have it. But the good thing about the internet is that, like you said, no one knows anything until you promote it. So I can literally put up something now dated to last Tuesday and claim, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's always been there. Always been there. Yep. It has. And yes, just scheduling that thing and bringing that to fruition has taught me a lot of things about perversely or not perversely but conversely it's taught me about drawing more than I thought because uh, the idea behind Zero Duck that's the webcomic mm-hmm. site 
um, was that I would do something very quickly that I could do very quickly. You know, that any time I had half an hour, I could just make a comic. Right. Using basically clip art. You know, clip like art that you created, but yes. Clip, yes. You know, just the same drawing of the same guy over and over, or you, you just sort of, you draw the arms and everything separately. And it's you it's like the Diesel like, Sweeties approach, right? Yes, exactly. Diesel Sweeties was a, a major uh, or uh, what, what's just the art style. What's that one that never, like, the panels never change? Uh, dinosaur Comics. Yes. I Actually, originally, there was this br- comic called Brunching Shuttlecocks. Mm-hmm. Which I think predates Dinosaur Comics from what I remember. That sounds familiar, it's, but I don't know why. Yeah. It's it's literally one drawing of a guy in a black t-shirt, you know, literally a lot like what I have been putting up on uh, mm-hmm. on Zero Duck now. The the fruitfully unemployed one, the one with just, you know, the cartoon version of me talking. Right. So it was literally always just three panels, that guy, and then monospace text above that and it was always funny and i used to think how the hell is this funny because it's you know it's it goes against what you think a comic is which is just you know lots of drawings of things it's the same drawing all the time but it was funny and that was just good writing I, so yeah and to me was, that's that's what it is it's writing it's like someone who makes funny tweets only there's a there's a yeah. there's a visual aspect to it yes and i've been doing that i've been going back through my old tweets mm-hmm. and just you know copying them down and saying okay i can either expand this or make this more concise or make this in a different setting with you know coming out of a character's mouth and suddenly it's relevant again because no one remembers your tweets after you know half an hour oh yeah no i've 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 written more like i don't have any sketch ideas what what funny thing have i said in the last month oh that's this will work this will work yeah. like i've done that too definitely yeah and I actually and that's, uh, saved some stuff from an old message board I posted on years ago, and hmm. and ah, this is the 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 Bendis board yes. that uh, shut down recently. Yes, that's a damn shame. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I spent a lot of time on there, and I made a lot of jokes that would eventually become big things on our show because that hmm. they were sort of like I wasn't creating at that point; I was just saying stupid things yeah. to people and wasting them. I'm like, no, no, this is this needs to be art. It's not enough that I'm just saying it to someone; it needs to be like in a form that people yeah. can appreciate it. Yeah, we... Uh, I, for people who are not actively engaged in a creative field, I think it might be a bit... You know, the magic... They they have this magical idea that, you know, creativity is, is this very dramatic thing. Mm-hmm. It is not. Well, I mean, there are those moments, like we talked about, where mm-hmm. you're super inspired and you, you feel like there are infinite yeah. possibilities, and but th- that's... I think that just comes with flexing the muscle. Yes, and those those periods are wonderful, but they're also kind of annoying, don't you think? Oh yeah. Well, I I am at as we record this, I am currently experiencing those uh, right in the middle of when I'm sleeping. So oh. I will wake up in the middle of the night and with ideas and jot them down, and then not be able to actually yeah. sleep. And then the next day, I'm too exhausted to do anything with them. Hmm. Today's one of those days, as a matter of fact. <laughs> And I was like, I could, I could bail well, on this, I, but no, I, I shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I hope I'm not getting in the way of you and your note taking. Nope. I mean, nope, this nope, sincerely, nope. no, no, no. You know, I've been in that position. No, no, I'm, I'm in the aftermath of that now. I'm in the, uh, oh god. Oh, I, so I'm, I'm just like your, your, your sloppy second. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't sleep last night. I can't work on creative stuff. It's like, well, I guess I could talk to Michelle for a while. I'll do that. <laughs> yes, I, you know, I drew a thing yesterday. Today, I have not been, you know, creative. But, you know. Do you feel like you need to be every day? Is that a standard you set to yourself? 
it's a standard i've set to myself because i'm unemployed functionally ah. you know in in terms of like i don't have a place to go and be where someone will tell me what to do so anytime i'm not using the things that will put food on my table and i do need to put food on my table mm-hmm. you know i am i'm panicking about and and that's a whole other topic you know anxiety depression all those things sure which which you have talked on the show and about i would certainly talk about them again if you like but i if you're not comfortable <laughs> i completely understand that um look i obviously suffer i don't know about clinically or not but certainly from those low points well i think i, have, I think a lot of creative people tend to be more susceptible to that yeah. for whatever reason yeah i mean i'm i have no idea how much of that is just plain now you know like cultural like i said there's a lot of drama associated with creativity and a part of the drama is also the lows as well as the highs mm-hmm. you know there is a narrative to the creative person in that oh they're you know they're wonderful montage of them making things and then wonderful montage of them in a ditch somewhere drinking right and we creative people i think people like you and me mm-hmm. discount how much of an impact that has on people who aren't that way as in how much that informs their idea of not just who we are but how their lives are you and i do not take what happens to thor let's say because thor is now a woman apparently <laughs> we don't take that seriously because we know it as a narrative construct we're like oh, okay they have to sell a comic of course they're going to change it into a woman you know mm-hmm. but you know there is a people on the internet who think that's the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. and there are people on the internet who think that is a war crime and we can't see it that way no we see you it know, from the cre- just, from the creative angle yeah it's just a narrative change i you know about 6 or 7 years ago there was this whole bruhaha in the i think the science fiction community which i was sort of vaguely aware of because i knew people who were active in the science fiction community online mm-hmm. as fans you know it was about uh, basically about you know how uh, science fiction as a genre in the popular sense of it does not do very well with uh, with race representation mm-hmm. you know and one of the essays that was sort of the major focal points of this was this article called i did in dream of dragons and it was written by a person of indian origin mm-hmm. um and i think they were talking about how you know most fantasy and science fiction is extremely from a western uh you know middle european mm-hmm. mythology style point of view you know and how you have all these other mythologies but they sort of get swept aside in in popular science no you're in in your big epic and, fantasy it seems to always take place in medieval yeah. england yes and i could sympathize with it i could understand it understand where it was coming from but also i remember discussing it with um, a white american friend of mine because he was the you know he asked me about my opinion of this and i was like okay i'll read this thing and i read it and i'm like look i can understand but i also don't you know because i'm like if you're going to draw, write, write about dragons in india theory you just write about dragons in india right. you know <laughs> no i i definitely so, see that and i that that's my knee jerk thought is okay well yeah. how come no one's writing those stories then yeah make it work yes like if you want and, to see that I, story stop complaining that it's not there and go write it yeah i i the the thing that has defined me from the beginning has been that uh that sentiment that you make something uh-huh. it's a little hard to come into a world where 
your chief function of usefulness now is as a consumer right you know the entire world now is basically the best thing you can do is buy things mm-hmm. because then that stimulates retail growth that stimulates this that stimulates that there are sort of too many of us and the only thing we're good at is being you know in jobs so that we can stimulate the economy right and and with the internet now we have this weird yeah. micro economy where a lot of us are making things and we need enough people mm. to consume them to to make it worthwhile to yeah. keep making the things and yeah and it's yeah and it's it sort of doesn't work for people who people like me who you know who grew up making things mm-hmm. uh, who is the son of people who made things in some way or the other you know like small things or not not even professionally just sort of i the thought of just going out and buying things was not the only option for us right. you know It's like oh you need to you need uh, hair oil that's really good oh you will we'll go to this park and there are these things these 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 herbs there and then we'll take those and then we'll go to this other place and we'll get this oil you know and then we'll brew them together at home and then bottle them and that's a normal thing for me growing up it's not a normal thing for most even contemporary middle class indians I would, or rural indians or anyone i would say there's there's a weird movement toward that in a, in mm. in some subcultures in america and yes. maybe elsewhere like the whole etsy thing and the whole like sort of yeah. hipster handmade like and i don't mean that in a derogatory way like mm. just uh, no it's true because uh, i i don't look at it 99% of the time in a derogatory way because they are actually making something. Well, I don't I mean what I meant is hipsters. Like usually I say hipsters yes, with hipsters. a sneer, but in this case I actually mean I say hipsters yeah. with a sneer. Yeah. But you know. No, in this case hipsters level, like to make stuff, like hand make th- things yeah. and that's good. It's again, it's it's how you look at it. You look at it as a creative person. You mm-hmm. look at even someone who's making the worst movie ever that you know you do not want to watch at all. Mm-hmm. You still look at one you look at them and you think at least they made that yeah i mean there's there's yeah. definitely i mean i know i'm not the only one i mean I, tim burton made a whole movie about ed wood about yeah. just the the passion that that guy had for making mm. movies sort of eclipsed the fact that he made terrible movies yeah, yeah i mean the this also this this comes across uh, it's like i used to write a movie review blog and then i stopped because i was just i guess not jaded by the movies but it, it, that was in part but also by the sort of the reactions to them because i i would look at a movie like a creative person i'd be like okay this this you know mainstream blockbuster mm-hmm. indian movie with this big star yes it's not the greatest thing in the world but there is this nice thing about it and that nice thing about it and the only uh, replies i'd get were like how dare you like that movie with that actor in it i thought you know you'd be better than that and i'm thinking that's not the point right you know well also and, and this is something that that i think merits bringing up you have i've i've said this to you many times before you have so many opinions that are contrary to most other people's but at the same time i don't think of you as a contrarian at all hmm. you are not deliberately yes, I, trying to think the opposite of anyone else but <laughs> like you're the only person in my circle of friends i know that enjoyed Zack Snyder's man of steel like the only one yes. Hmm. I didn't see it. Yes, I have no opinion, but you you liked it, so. Yeah, I mean, and I, I even worse than that from popular opinion, I liked Sucker Punch. I didn't hate Sucker Punch. I didn't like it. Yeah. I I felt like, I I felt like it was trying to be like heavy metal. Like it should have been way more over the top, and it was too tame. Yes, exactly. Like it was PG thirteen, and it my... should have been like really like just super graphic yes. and nuts. 
Yes, but considering it was a probably a two hundred million dollar movie yeah. that had to play all around the world, I think it was quite gutsy for the, for them to even attempt that. Yeah, that's true. And and there was a certain you know I could see things. I liked the way that it was basically a video game. It had video game progression. It it's a video game movie without being derived from a video game. Right. You know, in that particular case, in the case of Man of Steel, I like that they made a Superman movie, which tried to at least address the question of what does it actually take to be superman and what is the collateral damage of that without shoving it in your face mm-hmm. you know you see him you know going around yes the entire city is destroyed this and that and all that and yes spoiler alert he has to kill the guy to mm-hmm. actually finally you know defeat him and i like that i like that you know it said okay if you get superman who's this blue boy scout scout and put him in the Christopher Nolan version of Batman's world. Mm-hmm. The Christopher Nolan Batman I don't actually like and that's another contrarian <laughs> thing but you know and then you know you ask yourself what would he have to do to not just fit in but to survive in some ways. And yes the Man, Man of Steel has problems with it. It's far too doer, dour, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, dire. I don't care but you know it's too grey. It's just it's 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 not lacking in humor. I did chuckle a few times. People say that it's humorless and DC is humorless, but I don't think that's true. I I think but, and have again having not seen it, but my overall impression is Superman as a character should be more colorful and fun. I mean, you can still do dark stories. Like I feel like hmm. Marvel did a good job with Captain America. He is yes. He is what Superman I feel like should be. The Boy Scout. The I, he is an example to everyone else. He doesn't cross certain yeah. lines, but Captain America 2 still had really dark elements to it. Like you can tell a dark story with a character like that. Yeah, I mean I I just saw Captain America 2 and Yeah, me too. I, I I was, you know, again, I was kind of disappointed. I was expecting <laughs> it to be um, a lot more. I didn't dislike it in some ways, mm-hmm. but I, you know, you, especially with these Marvel Phase Two ones, I've been looking at them and thinking, what's the point? You know, really, in most of them, huh? Yeah. See, I felt like that might have been the best one that I've seen so far, honestly. Okay, I, I liked, I guess, the first Iron Man. I liked mm-hmm. uh, Avengers. Yeah, See now that's interesting. I did I did wonder how you felt about Avengers because that's almost I, universally liked. And I'm wondering, do you not yeah. like Avengers? Have, are you really? No, I like. <laughs> okay. There, I liked what it was trying to do, which is trying to the insurmountable task up to this point. You know, now in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, that was always going to work. But uh-huh. The insurmountable task of making a movie with all these no taking characters taking characters that merited being protagonists in four separate movies mm. and making them all work in one movie without yeah. it being a big mess. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like that should not I, work. Yeah, and they did. They somehow managed to pull that off. I would not have been able to pull that off. No, well, no, you know. It, let's just say if you know if you handed me the reason, like yeah, make an Avengers movie, it would have been horrible. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It would have been your Avengers movie. That's different. You know, it's, it's yeah. not the same thing. But but in any case, I this is something I've always admired about you because when I see people online who are like, like I see 10 people swimming this way and one person swimming this way, usually they're just dicks. Yes. And that's not you. You I, have you always have like a well thought out opinion. It's like, yeah. no, I feel and this way because this and this and this. Like, wait, yeah. those, are good, those are good points. Okay. Yeah. In the past couple of years, I have been accused of being a dick for that reason mm-hmm. by people who are not as enlightened as you obviously <laughs> you know well i'm pretty enlightened uh, yes 
you know and there are people who are like oh you're just jaded or you're just i get this jaded thing a lot i don't understand why you know where i'm like yeah that thing it's nice but it could be more or you know it could be it's it should be better considering the time we're in and you know right uh, but uh, but then usually people are just like oh you're just jaded mm-hmm. and uh, then i realized that they're not you know creative people in that way they're fans there there's a bit and of I that, that term. there's a bit of that but yeah. there's also a bit of i think lazy thinking there's there's a bit of like hmm. people don't yeah. always was, favor original thoughts and i don't mean everyone's a robot everyone hmm. like i don't mean that like that but no but we 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 all tend to favor things that will get us the most traction uh-huh. in the particular social milieu we're in yeah and there there are very yeah. popular things that i'm not a fan of and if i say i'm not a fan of it everyone will yell at me and so I just like keep what? it to myself. Since, you know, s- oh, since we break this so up. many things. Uh, I well, most recently, I'm not a fan of Halloween at all. Ah, I I find okay. it sort of tedious and boring and kind of a mess. Hmm. It's scary, but it's also sexy, but it's also yeah. funny. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> uh, that's lame. Uh, I don't like the band Queen. I am literally the only person hmm. on the planet who does not like the band Queen. Um, you are the uh, well. I don't see. I don't have a opinion either way about queen but i also know that i they're not all that <laughs> they feel like a novelty you know? band to me like somebody said yeah. okay i see and, i see your point that they feel like they're they they exist to make music for sport sporting events yeah but yes exactly no and, and indians have this sort of strange relationship with queen mm-hmm. because uh freddie mercury the guy is not quite indian he's sort of there's this community in india the parsis who came from iran like in the middle ages and settled in india so they are a major part of certain indian cities especially bombay mm-hmm. and especially the business community in bombay so i think freddie mercury is parsi in some way i've you i've know, heard that yeah i've heard yeah. that that but indians yeah. have like i had it in the back of my he head not, that you would rush to his defense because indians love yeah. freddie mercury or something yeah yeah no and a lot of indians love him because he's parsi because you know to stereotype an entire culture parsis are adorable every parsi <laughs> i met is wonderful they are great people they have great food they have you know right they're oh stereotypes are uh, fine if they're positive it's yeah. okay <laughs> yeah i mean there are obviously people who have negative stereotypes about parsis but i can't think of many that i have <laughs> harbor <laughs> but yeah so there are people who are like oh he's indian and no he was not actually indian he was parsi i guess he was born in africa somewhere okay but know? even still is that enough of a reason to be a fan of someone because they're from the same place you are that that's that's a little weak that and that does become a thing especially for indians mm-hmm. it uh, well for a, for a young like, country at least young in the sense that you know independent yes. and and the identity you have young, now is young yeah no i mean indians especially have this huge complex about um indians or people of indian origin in any way becoming making it in either the greater world or the west uh-huh. especially you know so they're like oh my god you know that there's this like famous chain email that started off in i guess in the 90s and that that is now sort of lampooned by indians my age which is like you know that uh, 50% of nasa is it did you know that 34% of microsoft is it did and we all got this email forward at uh-huh. some point you know so now we kind of make fun of it that you know 98% of barack obama is it did <laughs> <laughs> well i can i can tell you from the standpoint of someone who sees like endless amounts of people applying for jobs at microsoft mm. lots yeah. of indian names yes yes that does inform a lot of the aspiration of indians that you mm-hmm. know 
if you leave the country you need to make it and by make it you need to go to america this is not a sentiment i share sure. you know for various reasons but <laughs> oh it's know, okay we're awful certain, we know <laughs> yeah no but le- let's say for people who are in that you know get a good job get a good career go you know make it in whatever field you're in you need to go to america well it depends you on the to... field though because i mean i would say we it's may true. have more opportunities for hmm. a software designer here just because yes. all the big companies well not all of them but many of hmm. the big major companies are based here yeah like that's just a simple you know it's like as a designer you may have like personal or political or whatever reasons you might not want to come to america but you have to admit there may be substantially yeah. more opportunities for you here than there would be in in dubai yes. let's say i mean yeah i mean if you ask my opinion on like sort of a baseline of design which doesn't actually exist but you know just mm-hmm. for argument's sake i'd say europe is the best place for it sure you know for, for the kind of design that i well no 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 not not for aesthetics design. and and like actual yeah. design but i mean for actual job opportunities for for yes absolutely for jobs uh, just the market is huge you can't oh. ignore it okay you know. good you guys buy stuff right it's the same you know the same the, the the consumer aspect of it and this is the it's just mind-bogglingly huge the the conversation that i've had with amanda and and a few of the other people from canada that i know a, a lot is canadians feel like sort of like canadians in creative fields particularly feel mm. like they have to come here or they they haven't made yeah. it like 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 all <laughs> i i've made the joke before all our best comedians are from canada like canadian yes yeah I mean half your, half of Hollywood is Canadian. Yeah, and it's because they I I was I I was watching a TV show that day and I, and because I was sort of a nerd about these things and all I was like wait everyone on screen right now in this TV show is speaking with an American accent but every one of them is not American. They were Australian or British or Canadian. Well, a Canadian yeah. and American accent are hard for us to discern yes. so it's probably nigh impossible for you to con- to discern but yeah. Um but it's because we but have I'm, I'm saying knowing, you know, who those actors were. Right. But it it's because the machinery is here. It's because yes. these these are where the jobs are and then they'll go back to Vancouver yeah. to shoot the the TV show. <laughs> yes. But no, it's it, like and so because of that, because hmm. of that and the fact that our culture tends to I this may shock you, t- tends to be sort of all like all consuming like Hmm. You know, we force everyone to assimilate to our our way of of entertaining. You you may not have noticed. Um, oh. <laughs> they 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 feel this need to brand Canadian made things as Canadian content, and they have Canadian content laws that say a certain hmm. percentage of music on the radio has to be by Canadian artists. A certain percentage of TV shows have to be produced in Canada. Like that's that's how they are. Yeah. That, that is similar to what you were saying about oh. India. Yes, there are. Uh, it doesn't really happen at the national level, but at the state level. Mm-hmm. Since I said uh, this, this is before we were recording. I was talking about how India has about, uh, you know, twenty plus languages, distinct languages. Mm-hmm. So you know, each of the now by now twenty eight, thirty. I don't even know how many states there are in India because they keep breaking them off into new ones. <laughs> uh, but like each of them will have a distinct. Most of them have distinct languages, and you know, all they're almost like nations in some ways and we're talking about languages not dialects languages yes so you know while many of them will be like hindu and muslim and all that Mm -hmm. all those you know uh, religious wise we're about we have you know five or six major ones but you know uh, languages will change Mm -hmm. Um, 
so your state governments win have these kind of pushes for many of them get elected on those mandates it's like no we want to bring back you know uh, it happens a lot in bombay because bombay is very cosmopolitan mm-hmm. lots of people from all over you know the country and so you have the local uh, politicians there um saying no we want marathi films we want marathi uh, things on the radio we want um, i think some of it is good some of it is you know just some of it is small minded Uh, but that happens all throughout the world i don't think it's well and that's know, shouldn't be done when when we talk about ugly americans that's what i don't like about mm. here is that everything you know, i want it all to be made in american why why don't you have mm. the thing that's made by the best like if the germans make the best clock yeah. by a german clock like why why does everything have to be made i don't know i don't, i don't really understand nationalism and patriotism as as Yeah, concepts, I really. I don't understand it most of the time either. I was born on this you side know. of an arbitrary line, therefore I am different than hmm. you. That that really makes yeah. no sense to me. I mean, I mean, culturally, I enjoy being Indian because I can look back literally at five thousand years of it. Right. But then beyond a certain point, it is just human history for me. Well, yeah, and a lot of a lot of what I was taught is you know, I mean, we say Western history, but you know, depending on hmm. where you define the West, like there's there's definitely a bit of like, you know, old India in there. Like it's definitely an yes, old culture that's that's steeped in you know, like a lot of a lot of really important contributions to the overall like, well being of the of the you know of the race. Hmm. Yes. Of the human race. Hmm. Like I mean. Yeah, in, I mean, it, oh, just language. You know, if you want to look at the spread of language. Yeah, they say Indo-European languages. Yes, it, and that's a sort of that's a hard pill for a lot of Indians to swallow because it's. Um, it's been rolled up into a lot of uh, the colonial british mm-hmm. i won't say but i guess rewriting of history in some ways where there must have there been some people, of that yeah you know it's just like how you know there are people in india now who will not believe that there weren't chilies there more than 500 years ago <laughs> there are indians who will obviously not want to accept that everything that they define in their idea of what indian culture is hasn't been there in india Yeah. Forever. Oh, we you know, because we have that here too. A lot of the things people claim as all American are definitely not. People yeah. talk about like the pledge of allegiance, which is this ridiculous thing that we have mm. where we swear a loyalty oath every morning, which I think is insane. Yeah. But it's uh it's only existed for I think 60 or 70 years and it's only had God in it for like the last 40 years. Like it's <laughs> people think we've always done this and no, it's it's yeah. relatively new. Yeah. Yeah, and bringing the subject back to creativity you realize as a creative person that nothing was always the way it was no there's a constant there evolution no, yeah things change things get added to it you know food is like that uh, culture is like that all good culture is like that yes and i feel like now that people's eyes have been opened a bit with the internet hmm. i am like just in this conversation alone learning about things that i wouldn't typically learn about places that aren't here Oh that's just me. You you can get this without the internet as well. It's just, you know. Yeah, but I then I have to talk to people. Have you tried that? It's exhausting. Oh, it is. Oh. I I I wrote a ranty uh sort of ranty uh, blog post, you know, because we're old school like uh-huh. that. Uh about a year ago, I think where I basically said, "Look, I'm just I'm done with being social." <laughs> There was about a 4 or 5 year period where I was pretty social in real life because 
just because of the friends I had and you know the time we were in. I was about you know it's between the ages of twenty six and thirty. That's sort of your last. Yeah. You know, most everyone like you, goes off and gets married or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but also it's that last time where most people will have a job, so they have a bit of disposable income, and they're young enough that they can abuse their bodies. Right. In some way, so you know, I did. I didn't go out like drinking every night or anything, but I certainly, I drank more frequently. By frequently, I mean every few months. You know, <laughs> yeah. once or twice. And yes, but then after a while, I realized I'm I'm just not. I get exhausted at the end of it. Just mentally, you know, even if I was meeting someone for coffee or something. Right. And I was not enjoying it. So sometime last year, for various reasons, but you know, just purely out of, I guess turning older and saying, look, I'm just not going to take this shit anymore. <laughs> I basically became a hermit again. Well, and and I mean, that might be an extreme example, but it, it takes a certain personality type, and I think we're both like this, to admit, mm. I get no joy out of this thing I feel like I should be doing. Yeah. Why don't I stop yeah. doing it and do something I enjoy? Yeah. And there are people I derive that joy from, and I meet them you know, right. infrequently by most people's standards, but that's fine. When I meet them, I'm happy. I'm they're happy, hopefully. You know, I don't talk their ear off about everything, but I think that happens probably. Mm -hmm. The 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 over-analysis of how you behave with people is the... At least I know you and I both uh, do this too much. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of creative people do this. I think it's creative, but I think it's also like a certain analytical... Like, I know creative people who don't think like that at all. I think you and I also share that, hmm. that level of yes, self-analysis. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's why I'm a designer and not an artist, because I am too analytical about things. Right. And that's, you know, like why my comedy is such a straight line, like mm -hmm. logic. Here is the formula for what you're about to see. And it's why I like working with someone like Matt, who can introduce a level of chaos to the order, because mm -hmm. my stuff is really structured and his stuff is really strange and it fits together really well. Yes, it does. And I think that's, I, I wasn't fishing for the compliment, but thank you. But that's like you, it, it for, oh, we're always fishing. for someone, well, okay, that's true. But, but for someone who, who thinks in straight lines like that, it's good to have someone else around who's a little more, you know, a little yes. more free spirited. Because you, that, that energy feeds into your creativity and it also cuts out a lot of your over analytical crap. You know, like we said, we plan too much. Mm -hmm. Or and you need to sort, you know, to stop doing that at some point, or to it, get a better result. It prevents you from steering into the really obvious direction. Well, the yes. the the map is taking us here, so we have to go here. And then someone else says, "But here is much more interesting." And you go, "Oh yeah, I was so busy worrying about the map that I didn't realize that there's something yeah. better that way." You're right. The the map is not the territory, as right. I, I forget which 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 school of thought it, uh, has that as their maxim, but that is. But see, that's or their FHM. That's one of the reasons. I mean, the fact that's a bad joke. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really bad I, I, joke. Sorry, I, I missed. What did you say? I said that I didn't know which school of thought had that as their maxim or their FHM. Oh yeah, that that was I, bad. I just I didn't. That, my that, brain didn't register that as a joke. Is how bad that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, we're a, we're, a, we're comfortable a, a, enough around each other. I can insult you like yeah. that. And unfortunately, dear departed friend is supposed to have said of me at some point that, you know what, his, you should meet that guy because he'll tell you a joke and you won't realize it until it is gone by. <laughs> oh, that's that's also me. <laughs> but that's that's more because I'm constructing seven layers that you can't appreciate. Hmm. 
Yes. And then and then I need someone like Matt to bring me back to reality and say, yeah, but if he doesn't fall down, it's not you, funny. It yes, oh. that is true. If you don't have uh, jokes, if you don't have yeah. The structure I, is meaningless if you don't have jokes in your comedy. Oh yeah. Thanks for reminding I'm, me I'm, of that. I'm learning that a lot with Zero Duck. I, I feel like, and I don't know your brother at all, but I feel like from what I've seen of him, he seems more artistic than you in that sense, more sort of pure art, like more poetic and more, That's, you know what I mean? Like it seems like the yeah. two of you working together might be a similar relationship. Yeah, the strange thing is that I would also describe him as the more analytical of us. Really? In some ways. Hmm. We, sort of, we sort of switch. We have... There are things like if he's approaching something from an that's why we work together so well. Uh-huh. If he's approaching something from an artistic angle, then I will invariably come in with the practical side of things. Uh-huh. And if I'm working from an artistic angle, he will come in with the practical. You know, that's good as long as it thing. always works that way, and it's not like one time you're both coming up with highly impractical things that you think are a great idea, mm-hmm. and there's no one to ground you at all. Yeah, but I I guess we've sort of we've learned that uh, dance in some ways where we know that okay. We can identify when we're being told something by the other that, okay, this is the artistic end of it. It's okay, this is, as... this is one of Vishal's crazy ideas. I need to bring him back down to earth now. Yeah, because we are analytical enough that, you know, I may be thinking of the the practical side of things in the back of my head, mm-hmm. but also I'm like keeping it to one side while I go crazy. Right. Because you, I need to go crazy as well and see where it goes. Yeah. You know, and then we're like, okay, how can we implement this? And that that that's what makes it design and not art. Most of even what we approach artistically, you know, is design. Actually, it's it's applied. I, I again, I <laughs> the last time we talked about this, I'm sure I had some wonderful, uh, you know, pithy version of this. But basically, what I've come down to is that design is weaponized communication. Mm-hmm. I can you know, see where that. You take where you take communication, and you're not. You're not turning it into something harmful and offensive in that use of weaponized, but where you're you're making it the most effective that it can be in a way that you can't ignore. No, it's like a laser. You're channeling it. You're 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 yeah. focusing it. You're yeah. Yeah, it's you know it's like I I could say that the AK-47, the Kalashnikov, is one of the most beautifully designed things in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a horrible thing in you know it's a gun and it kills people and all that, but from a design standpoint, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's extremely usable. You can take it apart. You can replace it. You can, you know, it 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 solves every design problem that it sets out to tackle. Right. And it does it well. And that's the definition of good design. And now that is an actual weapon. Right. You know. But all good design is you're just taking something. You say, I need to convey this to another person, you know, in a way that is a completely understandable by them because we have language and we've developed this you know culture over tens of thousands of years with symbols and touch points that we can all understand that's how you and i are talking to each other yeah but you also need to make it dualistically uh novel original unexpected humor humorful not humorless. I, I mean, uh, you don't. I don't. I don't know that you necessarily have to do that. But I'm. I'm glad that that's an element of your particular design philosophy. I, I'm saying that that is, for me, that's fundamental to design. Right. I will never put design that is not humorous in in the old sort of Greek way of humor. Not you know, this is funny. not funny, right? 
no, this thing, this thing should enliven you at a level that is visceral. Okay. You know, because I, I think that's what the humors were originally. They were like body fluids, you had men, right, 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 and this and that and whatever. So yeah, something that works at several levels and therefore is more effective for it. See, is and and design. Th- it's interesting because that's very similar to the way I approach comedy, which yes. I've never exactly thought of comedy as an art i suppose that it is Mm. but Mm. i very much think of it as it has to you know it has to be able to reach you in in a in a fundamental like it has to communicate with you it has to be novel in a way that you haven't seen before you know all the all the stuff you just said but it also has to be funny yes and some people don't think of it that way and they just say a funny thing and that's that And yeah, so you've got the other end of comedy where it's like, no, this thing is actually about this. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't I really don't... write stuff about stuff, but hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a level it can work on as well, I suppose. Hmm. Yes, and all all the good comedy you can look at. You know, we keep coming back to things like Monty Python or Arrested Development mm-hmm. or Venture Brothers. You know, and their comedic. In all those ways, that's why they they resonate with us, right? You know, because there is Ministry of City Walks, but there's also Ministry of City Walks as a joke about ministries. I was actually just was, having this know. conversation with Amanda. Like people remember John Cleese lifting his leg, and that's hilarious, but they forget that it's also about government bureaucracy and about yes. an unnecessary department of the government, which is sort of yes. satire. Yes, I, and it's about it's about the people in that government ministry therefore defining themselves by that yeah you know it's it, taking this ridiculous in the ministry of silly walks yeah don't need to have silly walks no they're taking this you completely know? unnecessary unnecessary yeah. thing completely seriously yeah. to the point where you know they they feel like like there's a there's a he, he reads off a list like uh the the government gives mm. so such such and such pounds a year to you know uh defense mm. uh home security blah, 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 and silly walks like it's it's just as important yeah. to him as all those other things yes you know the ministry of prostitutes if there ever was one is not filled with prostitutes <laughs> right you know, or the ministry against prostitution or something. You know, yeah. does not have prostitutes against things. No, it's um, <laughs> it's uh, uh, in the in the Terry Pratchett books, it's the the seamstresses <laughs> guild anyway. But, but yes, <laughs> I see. There's another cultural black hole I have not read. I have read one Terry Pratchett thing, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that everyone loves. And you didn't guess which one? Uh, Good Omens. Yes. You didn't like it. I. I did not. Fair enough. I loved it when I, I read it, and I have I have hmm. since cooled on it. It's not the most amazing thing, but it's, it's, it I, has its moments. Yeah, I mean, again, I could see the art of it. I could appreciate it from a creative level, but it it just did not work for me. And, and you know, things that silly have worked for me. Things like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was a major major influence on me when i was starting writing it, it was to me as well but that's another thing i look back on and it's like this was pretty good and there yes. are passages that i love but yeah oh yeah but i realized they, uh, a f- i don't know 10 15 years ago that douglas adams was not a good like novelist no, he was not a he was not a good author no he was a good writer like he came up with yes. incredible turns of phrase and really clever yeah. ideas but there are no character arcs there are no, there's no plot yeah. to speak of it's just a bunch of stuff happening yes and that 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 structural integrity, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, mm-hmm. is the 
kind of thing that I look for as a you know as a design geek. I agree. I think also you know which is why I'll I'll find films movies because that's that seems to be the kind of thing that people most see and are most ex- exposed to. Well, you know, it, it's like I was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I love that movie. Did you? I thought you didn't. But I, no, I I loved. I was entertained by it wildly, but I didn't respect it in some ways because I knew that it was not taking enough risks. Oh, I see. And I know it shouldn't take risks because it's a big blockbuster. It was a risky proposition to begin with, but you know, there was. It's strange, but the thing that I sort of zoned in on, uh, honed in on, was that it has no sense of wonder. Mm. And people will be like, what the hell are you talking about? There's that giant head in the middle of nowhere. That's the I haven't seen it know, yet. So. A, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> it, it's all the regular Marvel stuff. Right, right, right. No, I, I don't. I, you're not, I'm not worried about spoilers. I'm just saying, don't mm. say remember that thing, because no, I don't. I haven't seen yes. it yet. But I'm not, I'm not worried if you okay. spoil a thing. Yeah, I mean, spectacle for me is not the same as sense of wonder. So in that sense, I was, uh, I felt it could have gone more. I, but then that was me looking at the structure of it. You know. But this is the, this is one of those unpopular opinions I have. I think mm. Sense of Wonder is overrated, and I don't really like mm. it. I don't like Spielberg movies. I don't like yeah. a bunch of people um, standing around with their jaws hanging on the floor because something's happening. Yeah. Shut up and get on and, with it. And that comes down to the same uh, interpretation of comedy we have, where you know that the joke, you know, Sense of Wonder, just like comedy, is not just always a joke. It's not just someone looking in awe. Right. Well, no, oh, but that's me, that's Spielberg's which, sense of wonder. Which I have, I have to interject. Reminds me of my favorite movie anecdote. Um, in the fifties or sixties, they were shooting a, I think it was the Ten Commandments or one of those like biblical uh-huh. epics. Probably like, you know, including the the uh, the birth and death of uh, Jesus, I think. Mm-hmm. And so they get. John Wayne, who is already well past his prime <laughs> at this point. Is this and the one where he plays guess, Genghis Khan? <laughs> uh, no, I th- so, no, because I've never seen this movie. I only know the anecdote. Uh-huh. And basically the last scene is, you know, I guess it's Jesus on the cross and there are all these uh, followers and there's, it cuts to this centurion who's played by, um, sorry, who's played by John Wayne. Uh-huh. And he's supposed to say, surely this was the greatest man who ever lived, uh-huh. you know. Fade to Black, end of movie. Oh, God, they gave him the final line of that movie? I think so. I guess it was one of those like studio contract jobs. I don't know if this is actually true, but it's a great story. So I'm telling it. And so, you know, he's already like, what's the term? Three sheets to the wind or something (laughs) at this point. And, you know, he's he's on set and, and they only get like one take out of him. And he's like, surely this was the greatest man in the world. And the director is like... Um, John, this is this is wonderful. You're great. Everything's great. But do you think you could put more awe into it? Yeah, this is you Jesus know? Christ, the Savior of yeah. all humanity. Maybe a little bit of emotion, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So, so then, like, uh, no. But he says, like, you know, can you put some more awe into it? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, let's go back to one. And they're like, okay, roll camera, action. And then John Wayne turns to the camera and he goes, "Oh, surely this was the <laughs> greatest man." <laughs> That's fantastic. Even even if that's apocryphal, that is a funny joke. I know that is a great a great anecdote. <laughs> yep. And yes, some of the greatest films I've seen that have that sense of wonder are about nothing. You know? Yeah. Well, I just like I don't like Jurassic Park at all. I think yeah. the whole movie uh, can be summed up with "Look, dinosaurs! Oh no!" Yes. 
That's it. The when end. I when I was a kid, when uh, because I it hit at the right age for me. It was like eight or nine. Yeah, it's but all kids then, your age. It's all thirty year olds. Yeah, yeah. I was like eleven. I think Jurassic mm-hmm. Park came out in ninety four. It was nice in that. Oh, look, you know, because well, they pushed then, the envelope already, on a on a on a technical level. Like you'd never seen yeah, anything that no, looked that good. Sure. For me, especially for me, already by then I was already into animation. I was already in, I already knew what CGI was. Yeah. I knew that you know one day there are going to be movies made entirely with CGI. And I tell this to you know the other nine year olds in the school, and they're like, "What's that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "This movie is out, and it's got CGI dinosaurs." You know, those aren't real dinosaurs, dinosaurs. right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, they put them in the computer. They shot this thing with a camera and there was nothing there except a tennis ball. And then they drew this thing, but they didn't draw this thing. They calculated this thing using fake light that was calculated <laughs> by the computer, which bounces off a mathematical thing called a polygon. You know, like we're learning in geometry now. And this, I would say. Oh, so you took like it back too. to really fundamental principles to explain it to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that's me. I take everything down right. to that level. You you should hear me. Uh, once I was meeting some friends in a restaurant and um, we were eating South Indian food and they're like, um, so what's in this thing? They were all Indian. And I was like, yeah, yeah, this. You take one part uh, raw rice, you take one part uh, raw Bengal gram, which is like a lentil. Then you take a bit of cooked rice. You ferment them all together by soaking them in two parts water to one part grain overnight. And then you... Um, put them in a blender and you know uh, and they're like we just asked you what was in it i'm like but that's how i think <laughs> you know right in the the recipe for dosa if you uh, could not understand that <laughs> is that that's how i think that's i a lot of my creativity and i we haven't touched on this yet comes back to my parents and how they dealt with things mm mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from my mother and I have a lot of her old recipe books because she was, you know, that she was creative in a lot of, I guess, mundane ways, but cooking was certainly one of them, which I have records of. Mm-hmm. And her books never have ingredients. They're just all process. That's really interesting. You know, it's like to make this, take this, do that, do this, do that, you know. See, it's interesting to it, me because I enjoy cooking. Like it's, it's something mm-hmm. I do enjoy doing. But my process is exactly the opposite. All I want okay. is the list of ingredients and not even mm. quantities necessarily. It's mm. it's almost like jazz. It's almost like yes. I'm gonna every every time I make this dish, it's gonna be a little different. There's gonna be a little more of this, a little less of this. Yes. They don't we don't have this, so I'll use this instead. It's all just like crazy throw stuff together that works. Yeah. And and actually practically speaking, that is how she would cook. Mm-hmm. She would not cook from those recipes. She had those recipes just as, I guess, as a mental folder. Right. You know, so she'd look at them and just like skim through them, and then it was just what I feel like doing on the day. Right. You know, and 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 just like you and like me, we don't measure things completely. No, not at all. I will measure things, you know, to because I have the scale and it's there. And I'm like, okay, I'll just, you know, I, I don't want it to be less, but I don't care if it's a bit more. Right. No, I'll just, I like, oh, a, a teaspoon. Okay. And I'll just like dump some okay. in there. Like, eh, that looks about right. <laughs> the thing I've learned, or I, the thing I've taught myself over the last now 20, more than 20 years of cooking mm-hmm. uh, actively is that most of the time you don't need as much of everything as you think. Right. You know, I especially like Indian recipes, I'll see them on blogs now and they'll be like, three tablespoons of garam masala. And I'm like, are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> Do yeah, you if, if, if you want that flavor to overpower everything else, sure, but may, maybe maybe don't use I so mean, much. Unless you 
unless your garam masala is basically sawdust by the time you're using it then uh, <laughs> you don't need three tablespoons of it right no i hear you um we should probably wrap this up so any uh any final things you wanted to uh, hit any i don't know because you know <laughs> whenever we do this and now we've done this twice it's sort of it free wheels right in a way where i think okay we have not talked about anything but then i you know listen back to it and i think we we do okay no we've we've, we've about... covered a lot of the things I, th- I wanted to talk about and i'd much rather go with a with a natural progressive yes. conversation no, than I mean, a, a bullet look, points I, or whatever <laughs> I don't mind doing this as many times as you want because I know that, you know, like we were talking about creativity, I think it's a well that you can keep going back to, you know. Well, and and also, even like if this somehow this recording screws up as well, mm. we are mm. two like-minded friends who don't talk very yes. often, so it's pleasant to talk to you. Like, it's nice to make this as a podcast, but it's also mm. nice to have a conversation. Yes. <laughs> it is. So there's that. Um, I, I will certainly give you an opportunity to to plug what you have uh, what you have going though. Uh, what uh, what do you want the people to know about? Well, um, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> Please give him money. Please. We give have me money. we have uh, uh, t-shirts on our website, some of which uh, feature designs that Michelle has made, and I would love if you would buy them so that I could then send him money. That would be delightful. Look, basically. I am a working graphic designer. I have been for the last 12 years now, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. The problem is that, I, and this is the thing we didn't talk about, which is, I think, important. We don't market well. No. Market. Ugh. You and I. Hate it. We don't market well enough, considering that we're in creative fields. It has always been that, you know what, the work is enough. We should just do the work and then, you know, it's the work. Why aren't you interested in yeah, this? Yeah, I'm making a but, giant pile of work here. Why yeah. aren't you flocking to it? Yeah, and why aren't you remembering it? Because uh, my brother and I, we have been learning this, especially over the past year, that people do not remember. Nope. You can do something. You can send it to all your Twitter followers and put it up multiple times a day and people will not remember it three days later. You put the same thing up months later and they'll be like you do that i didn't know that yeah. well it's like i was saying about your webcomic i am aware that you yes. make a webcomic but i have so many thoughts bouncing around in my head even as a fellow creative mm. person who is aware of this mm. issue i completely yes. forget that you have a webcomic no it's like i have not listened to sarcastic voyage or post-atomic horror in the last two months but that's fine i do go back to it you know right. in a in a bunch and usually while i'm working i'll be listening to it you know and then you'll get a flurry of uh, disjointed tweets about, you know, oh, this joke or that thing. or Yeah, know, a joke that I, I made six months ones. ago. I'm like, I, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> the long tail is this uh, theory that people have on the internet and about products and all that, where, you know, if the best products, they have this initial surge, but then they have this long tapering tail where, you know, people keep rediscovering them. And that is a lot of work. Yeah, it is getting getting a kind of saturation um, because I see other illustrators and other designers online and they're constantly only talking about their work no I, I can't think do I that. do that but I don't think I do that enough I'm doing it more now I'm you know Instagramming things while they're in progress I never used to do that I should think no I'll just wait and I'll put up the final thing because who wants to see a sketch but no people actually do want to see a sketch oh I love watching the process I love seeing like and a couple of times when you've done like post atomic horror things for us you've mm. done like an animated gif of the progression from sketch to, to completed drawing and I love that I think that's fantastic yeah, and, 
and and thank you because i i like doing that at some level because i like seeing that from other people from a creative standpoint but i realize that regular people want to see that too if you want to you know call people who aren't creative regular people well and and if you look at <laughs> if you look at the popularity of i mean uh, you know behind the scenes documentaries mm. dvd commentary like people do love yes. that stuff this is another thing we touched on before about we were talking about kickstarter and how the narrative of the creation of something or just the narrative that goes into a uh, a movie or a game or something like that is now so much more important sometimes than the actual oh yeah uh, art object and itself. i i find that distasteful personally but i definitely know yes. that it's a thing yes i mean i've had a few ideas solid completely properly solid ideas for games in the past 6 months especially because i've been thinking about it a bit more mm-hmm. um and yes i keep thinking maybe i should just go to kickstarter and you know get a get a team together and all that but then i realized the amount of just pr work that will go into that is yeah. sort of the same reason i quit being social with you know in real life in some ways yeah, I, or that i, I curtailed it every every it minute take, every minute you're beating that drum you're not making something yes um my brother is uh, reading a book on chess at the moment mm-hmm. you know and uh, and he was saying that you know the thing that people say is that you can be good at chess if you're um if you're smart mm-hmm. but then beyond a certain point you sort of need to be a genius and you need to be only thinking about chess all the time right and we we were both saying that yes we would i guess academically like to be of that level like you know like you think oh i'd like to be great at sports so i'd like to be a great uh you know any sort of uh sport mm-hmm. but then you think wait i am doing that i am becoming a better writer i'm becoming a better artist you know a better drawer yeah, because all i do is think <laughs> about this stuff so you know it for me it's either learn chess or learn a sport and all that and dedicate a major amount of my mind to chess strategies and all that mm-hmm. for the academic thing of maybe having a career in chess i'm not interested in chess i'm just using it as an example here right or i can put that same level of not maybe not the same level of genius because i don't have it maybe mm-hmm. or i haven't cultivated it but if i put that into drawing i'll get drawings i'll get stories i'll get graphic novels i'll get things that will put food on the table in a more um not reliable but certainly you know a better shot at it than a professional chess player let's say right <laughs> you know as i'm using chess as an example of things that let's say intellectually creative people as esoteric things on. yes yeah yeah you know you like you get really good at this one thing but i've we've always been practical enough that uh, we think that okay let's put that into you know you learn how to make music or you learn how to make animation or you know like for the la- last 10 years i got into making websites because that was mm-hmm. for lack of a better term where the money was sure i've i've cooled cooled on my opinions of what i can do with websites because it is it is again a sort of a young man sport i'm not that young anymore i have no interest in you know trolling forums for figuring out how to uh make responsive web pages that look exactly this way because yeah. i was always more interested in the content no i i hear you completely and i'm i'm so glad yeah. that things like wordpress exist and i can just throw something yeah. up and go because i having to learn html was so tedious back in the day <laughs> yeah 
you know all my web design knowledge is now 10 years out of date and i sort of don't care because meanwhile i've learned to draw better right well, so you know ultimately i may not have the best looking site but i'll have a great graphic novel on it or a great comic or whatever right you know well that that's what i was steering toward to begin with tell the people where those things are and, and what they are yes um you can find me online on twitter you know you can basically find me most places online at as all vishal so there's all vishal.com a w l v i s h a l.com and maybe i should have addressed this at the beginning but i am not the director of movies like haider and makpool and kamini <laughs> that is another guy named nope, vishal no don't know that guy much. i'm sorry if you have listened for one hour <laughs> and more <laughs> and suddenly come to this realization i will make sure to put that in the descriptive text on on the the uh the the feed Because, and so forth this is not the film yeah. director vishal bhardwaj <laughs> yes please do because it's surprising how many people who claim to be educated and being able to read and all that who still follow me on twitter and either send me glowing flourish you know florid praise or actual hate tweets uh-huh. thinking i'm that guy wow so i can only imagine you know yeah, what, what it, it must be like to, to be an actual celebrity <laughs> But you're on uh, so that's your Twitter and and your website your That's my Twitter that's my website there was this thing that obviously I've been thinking about marketing that I've got the domain for which would sort of be a a hub for all the creative things I me and Samir do but that is as usual uh, delayed and coming soon so let's not talk about that All right find me online at allvishal.com or if you like just like comics go to zeroduck.com zeroduck.com very good Well, thank you Vishal, always a pleasure. This show is produced by me, Ron Algarwat, and featured Vishal Bharadwaj. To learn more about Vishal, follow him on Twitter at @allvishal or check out allvishal.com. To learn more about me, visit algar.com. Double A L G A R. Thanks for listening and keep reaching for that butter sculpture.